This is Chris Gustafson talking rock with David Shane. When uh, you know Cliff, of course, went to you know Metallica. I mean, was that was it tough losing a you know kind of a key member of the band? I mean, what what was that that whole time like when when he left to go uh, with those guys? Well, to be honest with you, I was I joined that band a few months after Cliff left, but I but I did know Cliff because he would come to the shows, you know, even when he was in Metallica. But the thing was, man, is uh, you know, I remember Donnie tell Donnie was really close to Cliff, and uh, he, matter of fact, Donnie dated Cliff's sister for a while. Um, right. But uh, uh, you know, hey you know spread your wings man and go for it man you know that was kind of the attitude it was just like hey man if you got a better opportunity by all means check it yeah. out Ho hope it all works and it worked yeah oh yeah, that, yeah. That, <laughs> that, i mean insane, there was insane. there was no ill will between the guys in trauma and and cliff no not at all man no that's cool yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, you know, in this business, it's like if, if one of your brothers can freaking go and do something else, man, and, and they could like be successful at it, man, hats off to you. Hi everybody, this is Ron Halford. The Rudy Sergeant. Hi there, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just working on a triumph from a talking rock with Dave and Shane. We are ready and rocking and rolling. Chris from Trauma is with us, the legendary thrash band from, of course, the great state of California, man. Uh, the new album, Awakening, it is super heavy, man. Uh, how you doing, man? Thanks for doing the show. Oh, thank you very much, man. All's good, you know, just getting ready for this tour we got coming up with Queensryche and Marty Friedman. Yeah, man. So a lot of things going on, man. Yeah, what a bill. You guys are starting out uh, March 3rd, and you're going to start a place of shows in florida and just uh barnstorm the country i mean is this uh the first time you guys have been out in a while oh uh, yeah definitely what's that feel yeah. like for you well most, most of the shows we do have been pretty much european based you know we played the alcatraz festival over in belgium in august and then uh you know different dates over there and stuff so this is the first time we're really going out with you know uh Queensryche and uh so we're we're super stoked and looking forward to it how did it work out did they reach out to you guys or well all that the singer Brian Allen that, that's in trauma uh was in a band that toured with Queensryche before and uh Todd heard our album and uh offered us a posi position to play on this. So that's kind of how it happened. So we jumped at the chance. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, is that like, a, it just sounds like just one huge, like, you know, metal community, but also pretty intimate too. You know, like everybody knows everybody, everybody, you know, the, as peers, and you guys have certainly earned so much respect and trauma over the years. I mean, it, how cool is that to connect with, um, with kind of a, I mean, Sort of a new generation. I mean, Queensrÿch gets, you know, I mean, Todd is, you know, newer, but like, I mean, what's it like to just kind of be part of that community, man? Well, I mean, you know, I feel blessed that we are, you know, because there's a lot of bands that, you know, I kind of feel sorry for the younger 
kids that are starting out now because you know we came from a time when there was a huge scene going on for metal uh especially in the united states i mean i remember back in the 80s man it was like every club throughout the country uh all the venues man you go out and check out really killer bands seven nights a week man and that doesn't really exist a whole lot in these days you know which is really sad you know especially uh with the covid thing a lot of venues closed they didn't make it through it yeah yeah just, just to have any type of uh anything going on is a blessing <laughs> yeah we lost the trocadero here in philly i don't know if you ever played there but uh that was kind of a really big familiar man yeah it was a it was a big club but i gotta say the this 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 album uh awakening man it just rips it it's fantastic album um well, i'm uh, glad talk, you like it talk a little bit about this lineup you know the new lineup and <clears throat> And I know there's a lot of history to this record as well. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we got, um, you know, the, do you want me to tell who, well, basically, do you want me to talk about the how we did the album? Well, just a little bit about Donnie and uh, were oh, you guys, were, were you guys working on this record with him um, yeah. before, before he left us and then how, how Brian came on? Well, what happened was, man, we, we the last gig that we, you know, unfortunately with Donnie was we played the House of Blues in Anaheim, opening up for uh, Metal uh, Metal Allegiance, and uh, some months later, man, we started getting ready to record, you know, and this was in 2020, you know, when the pandemic went nuts, and we really couldn't get together or anything. But then I found out Donnie got he was sick, and then I got a call. And said he's really sick and he might not make it through the night. And I was literally at the recording studio getting ready to track my drums. And when I heard that, I was like, I don't, we're going to shine this today, you know, because Donnie was a dear friend of mine. And the next day he passed away. And we were really on the edge like, are we going to do this or what are we going to do? We just lost our lead singer. And then our producer knew of Brian Allen. And said, I might have a guy. And so we started giving him some songs and he would sing on them. So we had him down and everything just clicked by a miracle. Thank God. And that's how that whole process happened. But I actually met Donnie like in the early, early 80s. You know, um, I was in this kind of like motorhead kind of band. And uh, Donnie just happened to show up one night because we were looking for a singer. You know, and he always liked kind of looking and checking things out. And then he goes, hey, I just want to let you know, Trauma's looking for a drummer. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, yeah, man. You know, so I went and auditioned and got the gig. And that's how that all happened. But uh, the album was seriously painstaking to record just because of the pandemic and everything, man. It was, it was, yeah, a lot of starts and stops and all that. But we, we muscled through it. How did you guys, I mean, how did you grieve and go through that, that? I mean, that's such a massive, I mean, that's a staggering loss for you guys. You know, you, like you said, you and Donnie go back so far. Like, how did you process all that? Oh, man, it was, uh, it happened so quick, too. You know, it's one of these things, man, that, you know, I, I, I wish I was able, I wish I would have been able to see him one more time, but uh, you couldn't go visit anybody. 
uh, at the hospital, yeah. you know, unless you were like close family, you know, because of the pandemic, which made me feel really bad. But uh, yeah, it, it 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 was hard to deal with, you know, especially when we knew that a lot of these tunes were written with his vocal style uh, involved, and he he wrote quite a few of the lyrics for these songs mm. that Brian used. Um, it was it was pretty painstaking, but like I said, we we you know came together and you know Donnie wanted us to continue on, so we did. You know, bet so. you feel you feel his spirit and then some on this album, right? I mean, well, there's a couple songs, yeah. man, that we actually blended his voice in on some of the uh, choruses yeah. and stuff. Oh, nice, so he, yeah, that's amazing. So he's actually he's actually on the album. Yeah. Yeah, we could hear it. It was like we heard it. We we're just like, man, there's something powerful happening here. You know, I mean, there's really something kind of it just powerful was the word that kind of struck me, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, we did it in spirit to him, man. I mean, I miss him every day. You know, he's a, he was a great friend of mine. Yeah. Did you guys consider just calling it quits when when all this stuff was going on? Or oh, Absolutely. You know, I mean, when, when, you know, your lead singer dies, it's, it's like, okay, what are we going to do now? You know, cause this, this process, you know, they could have went on for a long time trying to find someone, you know, but we yeah. got extremely lucky hooking up with Brian Allen and it, and it just all worked. And Brian's a great guy and uh, he's a killer singer. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was a miracle basically. Yeah, Brian, we Go ahead, go ahead, Shane. No, we just hear a lot of we hear a lot of Ripper, yeah, and Brian's voice. It's it's uncanny. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we had to double check. We had to double check the credits. Like, did Ripper do a guest appearance on this? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, he he he's got a voice on him, man. I mean, I've heard him sing like even doing like uh, Dio songs and stuff, man. You would almost think Ronnie's like behind you or something. You know, I mean, he wow. he yeah, he's got quite a freaking uh, a voice, man. You know, I mean, completely different singers between Donnie and Brian, you know, um, you know, he's more into the, you know, Halford, uh, you know, the, you know, those types of singers, man. But we're really happy with them. Yeah. What's it like to um, have that? You know, I mean, obviously, the circumstances were very tragic, but to have that new fire new blood of a vocalist i mean how does that like what does that do you know in terms of lifting the rest of the band and just you know that that whole experience well considering where we were not knowing if we we're going to continue on and have somebody like him step in that brought some you know new energy into the whole project man it was fantastic you know i mean we really needed to you know lift our spirits up and try to just muscle through uh the recording process but the the funny thing was man is when i when it really sunk in for me is when we had uh a couple of the tracks finished i wouldn't say finished or mixed or anything but the raw recordings and then brian sang over the top of you know put his vocals on the tracks and then we all sat there and hit the play button and listened back to what he just did and it was like okay this this you know, this, this I think this is going to really be good. Wow. You know, I think Donnie would be proud, and he knew Donnie, so that's kind of cool too. Oh wow, that's yeah, yeah. We heard so. That, I mean, that's great for, in terms of that makes that connection even more. You know, even stronger, right? 
Right. Exactly. You know, and he he really respected him as a singer and all that too. So it was a it was a win win. So. Yeah. Well, you're just going back in, in trauma history. Your first album was was um, Scratch and Scream. It was released on Shrapnel. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you ever feel like that that album got the promotion it deserved, or did that kind of fall apart? Because I know Shrapnel was having issues around that time. Um, what what kind of happened with that release and, and with the band after that release? Well, to be honest with you, to answer your question, yeah, I mean. You know, Shrapnel Records was a was a pretty new label. You know, I mean, it was just that whole scene was just starting to evolve. And uh, you know, the only other guy who was down in L.A. was uh, Brian Slagle from Metal Blade. He was doing the same thing, but more bands down in the south. You know, down in L.A. area and stuff. And they didn't really have, you know, uh, the outreach that obviously that we have today, but. Uh, you know, I think Varney did what he could with it, you know, at the time. Um, the only unfortunate side was is that there was really just no tour support through the label, you know, because it was a brand new label and it's understandable. But, uh, uh, you know, we got a lot of killer reviews and stuff from Europe on the on the record, you know, in, in Kerrang! and magazines like that. Uh, our biggest, probably biggest mistake was, is we, you know, in those days, man, we, we probably should have just went over there is what we should have done, you know, because uh, oh, yeah. I, I think it would have launched the band, but, you know, it's water under the bridge now, you know, yeah. but, but uh, you know, like I said, I think Barney did what he could at the time and he did re-release that record in 2013. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm working on something right now where maybe that, Album might see the light of day again, but just on limited edition vinyl. Oh yeah, okay. Right, right on. Yeah. It, it, can, yeah you was, us, can you tell us more about that? that? Can you tell us more uh, about that, or is that still in the works? That's in the works. It's not out yet. Gotcha, gotcha. I'll let you guys know. Oh man, can't wait. Yes. <laughs> um, what were those early days like? Um, you know, uh, can you kind of just walk us through those early days of that thrash scene how alive it was i mean I, I know you joined trauma kind of you know a little bit into the band's existence but kind of take us back through that that journey um you know it was just it was just a different time man i mean you know it was, it was during a time it's not even just for for bands man i mean people like I'm not going to say people don't go out in this day and age, but in those days, man, the only thing to really do was to go to the clubs and check bands out, you know? And and it was like, like during the weeknights, it was, it was pretty packed, but on the weekends, man, there used to be like lines around the block to get into like the stone, you know, uh, the old Waldorf, uh, which became Wolfgang's, you know, Keystone uh, yeah. Berkeley, Ruthie's Inn, I mean, it was just such a freaking scene, man. And, you know, Metallica was like out playing the clubs, you know, Slayer was playing the clubs, Exodus, you know, Testament, all these bands were still at that level of playing clubs, man, you know, and, and, you know, that's how a band was able to build a following. And you just, you know, you just played it as often as you can. You don't want to just like play every night of the week, but uh, it was like a, it's hard to describe, man. It's like, you know, there's like a music. There was like a musical energy in the air, 
back then, you know, because it was like there were so many things happening, man, you know, like over in Marin County, uh, you know, where like Sammy Hagar lives and the guys from Journey and all that. You know, there used to be these huge rehearsal studios, man. And you could just actually run into these people if your band rehearsed there. You know wow. what I mean? And right. it's like, okay, well, if the big dogs are rehearsing here, then this is cool if we're here. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing, you know. And there's there's it, none of that exists anymore, you know. So it, it even down in L.A., I lived in L.A. in the early 80s, too, and I saw, you know, freaking motley crew play in the clubs uh guns and roses all the you know a lot of the bands like that even though they came later uh that that down there it was nuts man because that was like the beginning of the hair metal bands you know oh yeah so that, that, that was a whole other scene <laughs> yeah whole other freaking ball game there you know <laughs> sure was yeah. oh man yeah it was man it kind of kind of good and bad at the same time you know when you when you guys came out i mean metallica exodus uh, trauma possessed there there was nothing nobody was sounding like that and that, i think that's kind of like a really unique thing for that bay area yeah. with with that that sound what what why do you think a lot of the bands just went that that speed direction that killer thrash you know, that's a good question, man. I think I think what it was was, you know, these everybody was playing out to a certain level of exposure. And, you know, you go and check out these bands. If you were in a band, you were watching somebody else's band. You know what I mean? So if you see this one band and they're playing, you see the reaction from a crowd like, holy shit, man, like these guys are playing at this tempo or whatever. And look at the reaction of the, the crowd. And then it, then you would come up with something like that, you know, what I mean? or close to it or whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah. you're gauging the other bands, the crowd reaction, you know? So it's like, oh, if they can do it, maybe we can do it, you know, that kind of thing. And it was like a, 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 a definite competition in the air, you know? I mean, everybody was cool and everything like that, but, you know, everybody wanted to try to do something. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, a lot of, a lot of those bands broke through on an extreme level, you know, and I'm, you know, I, I know some of these guys. Um, I met a couple of guys from Metallica years and years ago and fucking hats off to these guys, man, for hanging in there as long as they have, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's not an easy freaking thing to do. When, um, you know? when, when, uh, you know, Cliff of course went to, you know, Metallica, I mean, was that, was it tough losing a you know kind of a key member of the band? I mean, what what was that that whole time like when when he left to go uh, with those guys? Well, to be honest with you, I was I joined that band a few months after Cliff left, but I but I did know Cliff because he would come to the shows, you know, even when he was in Metallica. But the thing was, man, is uh, you know I remember Donnie tell Donnie was really close to Cliff, and uh, he, matter of fact, Donnie dated Cliff's sister for a while. Um, right. but, uh, uh, you know, Hey, you know, spread your wings, man, and go for it, man. You know, that was kind of the attitude. It was just like, Hey man, if you got a better opportunity, by all means, check it yeah. out. Ho hope it all works. And it worked. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> it I mean, it's insane, there, was, insane. there was no ill will between 
the guys in trauma and and cliff no not at all man no that's cool yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, you know in this business it's like if, if one of your brothers can freaking go and do something else man and, and they could like be successful at it man hats off to you you know what i mean because this business is such a freaking you know yeah topsy-turvy type thing man you know so yeah man no no animosity at all I was wondering with the competition, you know, amongst bands, like how something like that uh, would, might play out. But I mean, that that unity, that that sort of mutual respect is where it all is. Right. I mean, that's just that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of people know who who, you know, what this guy's doing or that guy's doing or whatever. Everybody has kind of, a you know, a little bit of a, a you know, respect for one of, you know, quite a lot of respect for one another, you know, I mean, obviously if, if you're successful in this business, man, I mean, you're doing something right, you know, right. and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, like I said before, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Did you ever envision Metallica to be where they are now? I mean, did you see that them as being at the top in, in that scene or not oh. really? You know, I'll be honest, man. I remember seeing those guys for the first time they played at the old Waldorf. You know, and I, I think at that time I was playing in some freaking. There was a huge punk rock scene going on in San Francisco. Yeah, and I think I was in a in some kind of punk rock band because it's funny because a lot of the punk rock band musicians ended up playing metal. Mm. You know, because you played really fast doing punk rock. And I saw Metallica at, at the old Waldorf, man, and I swear to God, I was just like, these guys are going to be freaking big because mm. they were doing something completely different than anybody else. And they were just full of energy and it just, it, it just was running on all cylinders, you know? And I mean, yeah. they never stopped, Yeah, you know, it's never stopped. And so to answer your question, I mean, it, it's like, I, no, I had no idea they would get as big as they are today. And, and I don't think they, they really didn't either, but it yeah. just kind of happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause they're a freaking killer band. Yeah. You know? You yeah, know, I, I think any any musician or any fan or anything that dogs these guys in any way uh, is probably because they're jealous, you know, but the they have to realize, man, that, that was not easy to attain what those guys have done. You know? Absolutely. A yeah, lot of no sacrifice. It's a hell of a lot of sacrificing going on. Yeah, I I'll just interject here, Dave. I always kind of saw them as the band that everybody came to. They didn't go to the, the fans and create what the fans wanted. They created what they wanted and the fans came to them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way I always looked at Metallica. That's what's so amazing about their success is right. that, that that early music was very, very, <laughs> that's some, that was some tough music, man. Yeah. I remember when I bought the copy of kill them all, you know, I was, I was kind of like, uh, I wonder how this is going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I really liked it, but it's in the history books now. Yeah. Yeah. You did, know, did, did you ever, uh, <laughs> can I, did you ever like um, meet like Dave Mustaine around that time? Or, um, cause I don't know if he was on the, if I'm trying to think of the timeline, like if he had just left at that point, I, I mean, like when you, you know, by the time you met, you guys met the guys in Metallica, like, was that, um, did you ever connect with him at all or meet him around the circuit? With who? With uh, Dave Mustaine? No, I never did. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I never I'm just did. curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. Well, 
what are some bands that you guys got to to open uh for play with or have them open for you uh that really stick out in your mind as being holy shit oh man you know we did the band did so many you know gigs man i mean we the the trauma opened up for motley crew you know uh, slayer exodus yeah uh I can't remember if we ever did a gig with Testament. I'm pretty sure we did. I mean, we, we played with like Laws Rocket, Vicious Rumors, um, Girl School, uh, wow. Steppenwolf, believe it or not, um, Saxon. Um, man, let me think. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, a lot of different bands, you know, a lot of different yeah. freaking bands, man. Um, yeah, it's hard to remember all of them, but it was quite a few. Any crazy stories that stand out, you know? <laughs> that, you, um, that, that you're comfortable telling us. <laughs> you mean, like, yeah, probably from those days, I, I would say the craziest story that I can remember was, like, the night we were we were just about to play at the Stone in San Francisco, yeah. and Mike Varney came in with his, his recording contract and handed everybody in the band a copy and literally none of us read it at all. And we signed it on the bathroom wall of the stone and handed it back to Mike Varney. Oh, wow. And, oh, man. Yeah. And we were so stoked, man. We were like, oh, my God, we're signed. We're going to, like, make it, and the, you know, that whole thing, you know, because we were in our early 20s. You know what I mean? We didn't know our asses from a hole in the ground, Yeah. you know. But that was actually really exciting. And uh, I think about that today and i'm like going how crazy that was <laughs> <laughs> oh man it should have been more like uh okay we're gonna bring these contracts to our attorney you know <laughs> but hey you know water under the bridge mm-hmm. oh you were so you were so fired up you just did it so exactly pretty cool yeah. yeah yeah that happened to a lot of bands though so oh yeah yeah I mean, what do they call them? They called them a Motown deal. That's what Eddie Van Halen called it once. Like they just when they they just rip you off. Oh, big time! Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd been in bands over through the years. Besides Trauma, where we got deals, where you know there were pretty sizable deals with money and stuff attached. But you know, this in these days, man, you're lucky to get anything. Yeah. You know. Uh. uh We'll definitely talk about that. What when I, I've been I mean wanting to ask you this question since uh we found out we were gonna talk to you. Such a shame, Metal Massacre 2, 1982. Mm-hmm. That's Brian Brian Slagle. Why why on earth did he not come to you guys and say, Hey, come on the label? Come well, on, metal. If I if I remember right, I think I think the, I think the thing with that was is like I think uh when the band played the gig. I think it was a whiskey or something like that. Brian Slagle was the guy that was dealing with, I think he had Metallica in his wings and they needed to find a bass player. So Brian Slagle basically was the guy that lured Cliff out of trauma to join Metallica, if I remember right. And I think that didn't sit well with a couple of guys in the band. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. if that, in my opinion, if that's if that is all it is, man, that is not that bad, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I to be honest with you, I, I really don't know. Um, I have nothing against 
that label. I think he, for all the years he's been doing it, man, he's been very successful, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, we just haven't, uh, uh, pursued that option, you know, but maybe that, yeah. maybe the next album, maybe I will, you know, maybe I will reach out to him and see if he's, you know, interested. Yeah, never you know? That'd be awesome. Yeah. You never know, you know, yeah. never, you, you, you say, never say never in this business, you know, the strangest things can happen. Yeah. Speaking of the the business, I mean, what advice do you have to like? I mean, some of these younger bands. Uh, I think John Petrucci was out saying like, uh, you know, a lot of these newer like younger guys need to kind of have a reality check about, you know, I think he was talking about like just expectations and things like that. But what like what advice would you have for you know? There's, there's a lot of new bands. You look at YouTube. You look at you know. I mean, there, there's so many great musicians and but but like yet you know, everyone's trying to be that next band that makes it. I mean, what you know? You've been through it all. I mean, what what advice would you have for them? You know, I, I would say if you're really passionate about doing, you know, performing in a band, I mean, it's not even just really performing as a band, man. If you if you even want to just be a musician, you know, let's start there first. I would say learn as many styles as you can, you know, uh, not just one, you know, just like, oh, I just play metal. You know what I mean? That's that's not the right attitude. You got you got to if you want to be a working musician, because you never know what curveballs you're going to get thrown. Yeah. You know, uh, you got to play a lot of different styles. You know, I mean, I play drums. I, I play pretty much every type of style, you know, jazz music, everything. Uh, and as a younger musician, it, it, it would be in their best interest to do that. Um, and then if you got a whole bunch of guys, you know, you form a band and you want to try to do something, uh, in this, in these days, in in these days, man, you literally have to have really good songs, you know, and you have to build your whole thing on social media, you know. I mean, literally, you have to like. Uh, it costs a lot of money to do that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I would tell any young band, you got to like prepare to pay, you know. That's the only way you're going to get noticed, you know, play local shows, you know, uh, just try everything you can, put music out, uh, you know, put videos out on YouTube, try to get your friends interested, you know, the whole, the whole, uh, you know, down to earth approach, you know, and, uh, you know, keep working it, working it, working it, uh, try to stay positive while you're doing it because it's not easy. But yeah. uh, hopefully, eventually, something will pop. You know, yeah, man. Is is the, is it completely different for you guys with the way things are now? With you know, you got streaming, Spotify, record labels really don't exist in the in the state that they did before. I mean, is it hard for bands? Oh yeah, I mean, it, I mean, right now, I mean, you have to you have, put it this way. Even if you get a million streams on Spotify or Apple or any of those, man, I think you get paid like three thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, really it's crazy. You know? Yeah, I mean, okay, so then you get two million streams, you get six grand. You know, I mean, it's like poverty. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a little bit of something, but it's nothing compared to what it used to be. You know, yeah. nothing. I mean, you don't even get you know you don't get royalty checks in the freaking mailbox. Uh, publishing is a, is a joke, you know, uh, everybody gets music for free, you know, 
I was blown away even when we recorded this new album and it got released. I mean, literally within like three or four days, I, I there must have been 50 download sites to get it for free. Wow. Oh, geez. And, it, and, uh, it's, and it's a real bummer because, you know, you think about it, you, you know, you put all this hard work and energy into recording a record and then people just get it for free. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know, man. you know, that's and, that's, and, that's that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it now. I mean, you know, the label, the, the big labels at the time could have could have done something about it, but it's almost like they took their money and ran. And re, uh, the, uh, all these guys like John Kalodner and freaking a whole host of these, you know, uh, Walter, uh, what the hell's his name, Walter Yetkinoff, guys from you know huge executives that used to work at these freaking labels. Man, I mean, you go you go to these labels in L.A. You go to this the freaking uh, Columbia building, Christ! You'd want to spend the weekend there. You know these guys' <laughs> offices were yeah. like, you know, it, yeah. the freaking bathrooms have twenty four karat gold fixtures. I mean, <laughs> you know, where's this money coming from? You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. They yeah. made money. You know, the artists got screwed. You guys did right. the work. You guys did. You guys were like in the studio. You wrote the songs. You came up with it. You toured. You you, you know. You, Right. You got the music out there on the radio, everything, and and like yeah, it's they're they're the ones living like kings. Well, you know, and you got to realize something too. Back in those days, when they gave bands a, bands deals, so say you go shoot a video. In those days, a video was really expensive. You know, so say you go in, you got a budget to do a video for say fifty grand. Okay, what the label would do since they arranged it, got the people to do it, they would charge the artist a hundred grand. You know. So they would they would tack on extra money for tour support and you know like a producer or to record your album. So you're it, it it like that's how you got screwed. That's how the that's how these guys made a serious amount of money off the artists back then. You yeah. know. So. Yeah. What knowing knowing all that, um, like what made you guys decide to get back and and and. Uh a few years ago and, and start the band back up you know i think it was me and donnie always we were always in constant talk you know in communication with each other and it was kind of like you know wouldn't it be cool if we could put do the trauma thing again but we needed a, re, a, a, a reason to do it you know and the reason to do it was when varney re-released the scratch and scream record in 2013 and we figured hey you know maybe we'll we'll give it a roll and that's how that happened you know um yeah. It hasn't been easy, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, each day I kind of scratch my head going, you know, why am I even doing, why am I doing this still? Uh, <laughs> I think it's because the guys that are in this band and everything, man, are really passionate about playing the music. They like performing. We all love playing, you know, um, yeah. you take all the bullshit out of the equation. And at the end of the day, if we could just, you know, play our music and have fun doing it, man. It's worth it. You know. Yeah. What was that so, that 2013 reunion? I mean, can you tell us about like just what it felt like at that time? To, you know, to come back. You're, you know, you're older in life. You know, we all get older. We all look at the past in different ways. I mean, what was that? You know, what were you feeling at that time? Um. Well, we felt good about it. I mean, we tried it with the original lineup that recorded on the on the Scratch and Scream album. But the the problem was, I I mean, I was actually I never stopped playing. You know, even after when the band took a huge break, I went on to do a bunch of stuff. So I was right. playing all the time. 
a lot of the guys in, that we had a rehearsal uh, and noticed that a lot of these guys hadn't been playing very often. So it was, it was quite bad, you know, and me and Donnie were like, man, did, I, this isn't going to work with these guys. You know what I mean? And nobody really could commit to doing it either. You know what I mean? Cause you know, life goes on and people do other things and all that. So we had to start, you know, looking for people, but we were pretty fired up about doing it, you know, um, you know, especially when we got uh, the opportunity for the first couple of gigs, you know, and the crowd was pretty good. And, uh, you know, we just been trying to keep it going since. Yeah. You know? so. Well, we love having you, man. Having yeah. you back. So it's awesome, dude. I and mean, this album's killer. Like it just, and I think it's a whole new cool. generation. Like the cool thing about metal, Shane and I, you know, we talk about this all the time. Like there's a whole, there's always a whole new generation coming in like you go to youtube you'll see like a video and someone will yeah. someone will say i'm 15 I, I i love this stuff it blew my mind i mean that, that's just heartwarming man when you see those comments like you know these kids picking up instruments because they hear a trauma record or something and you know, it just oh, blows man. their mind man well those are the pe- those are the people that are going to carry the torch you know what i mean it's it, it's right. like you know it's just like any type of music man but it's so funny with the metal community it's like everybody is like one in a sense you know what i mean and it you know we all kind of watch out for each other and yeah man anytime when some kid gets super interested in something like this man it's like that's that's freaking that's where it is that's where it's at you know some of these kids uh uh, some of these kid musicians are actually Uh mind-blowing i've seen a (laughs) few of them and some drummers and stuff and it's like okay i'm gonna just quit why even bother playing anymore? I mean, look what this kid can freaking do. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know where they come from, but man, there's some talented freaking young people out there, you know. It's exciting to see guys like uh, Tim Henson of Polyphia um, started by putting out YouTube videos and learning from you guys from the old videos. And uh, now he's playing with Steve Vai, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of musicians have been picked up by big bands off off people putting up YouTube videos and stuff, man. You know, yeah. I mean, I know that's how Journey found their new singer. Yeah. YouTube. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think I think actually I think I remember reading something like, you know, Jeff Beck found a couple people, the bass player that, that the, the girl bass player that was in his band for a while. He found her on YouTube. So, I mean, it does work, you know, so, hey man, you know, hats off to him, you know, if you can go from YouTube and get a paying gig playing for freaking Steve Vai or something, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. There's hope hope out there. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a pathway, a new pathway. (laughs) It's wild. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's one thing about the young kids, man, find out, they find a way to make it work. Yeah. You know, totally. So. You know, it's all cool. Well, you guys are hitting yeah. the road uh, March 3rd, Orlando, Florida, then uh, the Pla- the Plaza Live, uh, March 4th, Fort Lauderdale, Culture Room, March 5th, Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, just going on from there, right, all the way to San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, and uh, man, I, I bet you, you're just ready and raring to go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, man, we're, we're really looking forward to it, uh, looking forward to getting out there and, you know playing in front of some people, man, you know, we've been waiting for something like this for a long time and we're, we're excited. 
you know. Any, pl- any plans for a live live record or anything? Maybe at some point, you know. Yeah, who knows? You know, yeah. I mean, you never know, man. We could, uh, you know, maybe record something on this tour. Who knows, man? You know, maybe we'll try to do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Very cool. You know, well, I hope to I hope to see you guys at one of the yeah, shows. Man. Oh yeah, man. You know it, man. Yes. Be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.